Good evening and welcome to Shattered Lives, a lively, educational, and issues-driven radio show designed to tell another side of the story, to focus on and humanize crime victims, to enlighten and shine the spotlight on organizations and service providers, and to assist those who walk the path with us. This is Donna Argor, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host, Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, and also the South Carolina uh, coordinator for the Q Center. And uh, so good evening, everyone. Um, We want to welcome you to this very special edition of Shattered Rice this evening. Uh, Last Saturday, we had a bit of a sabbatical because we were attending the 11th annual uh, Q Center uh, conference for the missing. And uh, now we're back in the saddle, and we're here to do a tribute show uh, while the details are still fresh in our mind and we're kind of uh, riding the wave of all the um, wonderful presenters we had and the camaraderie. And uh, so let me bring in my co-host here, Delilah. How are you this evening? It's glad to I'm glad to have you back, and glad that we were able to uh, com- commiserate as uh, Connecticut and South Carolina coordinators. Well, I'm here. Um, yes, it was as every year. It's um, it's really a very moving experience that um, anyone who is in the public needs to be aware of missing persons issue and this conference is definitely a place where you can learn um and you can you get the whole experience let's put it that way yeah you you, you totally do you're you're very much immersed in um in everything about missing persons and i i especially like the way that it is so geared toward the sensitivities of the families, and I don't think there was it, uh, there was anything um, more clear than um, whether it be law enforcement that were there or presenters. You know, I heard innumerable co- uh, comments with regard to, "Oh, gee, I never realized this about the families or this about the victims," and this is going to inspire me to go back to my job and to do my job with more motivation or from a different approach after having been to the Q Center, you know? Well, we we did something a little different this year, which I think was, was very well received. We had a panel um, of law enforcement officers of different ranks, detectives, sergeants, lieutenants, and a police chief, actually. And mm-hmm. um, it was a very interactive discussion and it it was nice to see that the families had access to um, these people to ask them the questions that oftentimes they never get a chance to ask. They're either, you know, put off or or the answers just aren't there that they're looking for, uh, for whatever reason. And these these people really stepped up to the plate to be here and be with and to field these questions just you know, at a moment's notice, there was no script. They had a few talking points, but they did a great job of um, interacting with the family members and all of the attendees. Yeah, I, I and what struck me is it was kind of very courageous of them because uh, in fielding questions, you never you you never know what you're going to get. And um, I think you know, I think. With respect to, if I had to kind of distill it down, Delilah, to a couple of of things with regard to what 
what what victim families really want or and, and this came out in the in the law enforcement panel is that they want answers um they want answers to their case they want answers procedurally and everything and they want what what was revealed by you know Monica's presentations to us they want more than anything to have a sense of purpose and they want to have something to do particularly you know right after the after the crime and um you know i think the panel kind of um helped to to illustrate to both sides that there isn't necessarily an answer to every question and uh, it depends on where where your jurisdiction is as to how they go about things and so they try to speak in generalities or to their specific jurisdiction but then then you, you feel as if um they were um when you kind of uh, pulled them informally that people still got a very positive feeling from having this kind of format? Oh, I think they did. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I've heard from all of the office law enforcement officers afterwards. And, of course, they were very anxious to know what kind of feedback we were getting from the audience and the attendees. And all the people that I talked with were were happy that we did that. Um, it mm-hmm. wasn't a real easy thing to pull together with five to six, you know, different people that we wanted on the panel and getting all the approvals and all of the things that have to go into that beforehand was a little difficult, but it was well worth it. It was worth the time and it was worth the effort to be able to present that for them. Um, like I said, not everybody has a wonderful experience with their local law enforcement and um, it was But some people do. And I think one thing that I want to bring up is the fact that we did have one person who stood up and really sang the praises of her local law enforcement and how much help they were to her in her case and thanked, you know, thanked all the officers for being there. So she, you know, was giving them a pat on the back, which is well-deserved. They work hard. Um, Again, you know, the families basically... Even if you can't get an answer, they need the attention. They need to know, you know, sometimes they just want somebody to talk to. And if they, if their detective or investigator is the only one there, then, you know, it's nice to know that so many do make themselves available. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, I think it was it was uh, very um ed- educational forum on on all counts and uh, I'm trying to think um I know Monica made a comment to me when I was telling her about uh the law enforcement from Connecticut and I do want to take my hat off to them because it was a, a very eye-opening experience and I think very ultimately very rewarding experience um for the five of them and when you're thrust upon uh this is thrust upon you or you're kind of thrown into the middle of, of this format and you're not used to it, it's, it takes a little getting used to and to understand, but I think that there are law enforcement there, and just because they don't necessarily wear their uniforms, I, I may not have been aware of how many, like she said, several different agencies, and I'm trying to think of, uh, do you know offhand how many states were represented? I know Connecticut, Tennessee, in terms of law enforcement may have been there this year. Oh, there was there was quite a few. I, you know, I'm not sure. Of course, most of them um, are from surrounding states, like North and South Carolina. But um, yeah, 
I, I really couldn't say. I, I don't know who all in the audience was law enforcement. Like you say, every most people dress pretty casually and they don't necessarily wear their uniforms, so we don't know right. who is and who isn't. And But I was told that there were quite a few um, yeah. from a lot of different areas. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, um, each year more and more, um, more and more, uh, the uh, states are states are are uh, participating, so that's that's very heart heartening to um to to know that. And um, you know, we had we had a few others first with regard to to um this year as well. Um, you know, I I was very impressed with, although I shouldn't be impressed with the fact that um Monica is so well respected. In, in her community by law enforcement and all all the other businesses that we is this the first year to your knowledge too that we had a police escort down to the Wilmington River uh where the candlelight service was held. I think it was. I I don't yeah. recall one in the past. It was that was pretty I, impressive. I have only seen that and and ladies and gentlemen, if you can picture this, we had maybe six or eight buses filled with people something like that, going down, and it was, what, seven or eight miles down this Market Street to the river, and they cordoned off the street. There was, you know, uh, um, officers directing traffic. The only thing I can liken it to, and I'm sorry to say this, but I don't know, a funeral procession in that everything stopped to let other people go, go by respectfully and to have them going with lights and sirens blaring and, and we're going through. I mean it's almost like we felt like royalty. <laughs> you know, so Right. It was it was quite an honor. It was. That and that truly is a testament to the kind of um community and network building over the years that Monica has done. I mean how many how many other departments would do that? So I said, Wow, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. So that was you know, that was clearly clearly great and um you know um we, we started out um i don't know if we can share a little bit uh it's normally not open to the public but the, uh, the first day we were there is a full day of uh, orientation for new coordinators right and i'm not sure the exact numbers in terms of how our ranks have grown um but it's it's many many uh many many um and um well, it's just about doubled every year, if you think about it. I think the first year of the program of the state outreach coordinators, I think they had maybe 20, if that, and then the second year it was in the 40s, and then I think this is the third year, um, and it's on 70 or a little above or below 70 people have um, committed themselves to joining um the program mhm that that is that is a significant amount, and just to try to keep track and have everyone on the same page is is no easy task but um i I especially enjoyed this year's presentation because Monica kind of distilled it down and um the first year is this is this is only my second year as a coordinator, so I'm still a newbie and um the the fact that she she got it across very well that we don't have to be all things to all people. And, and in fact, we're not, and we can't be because we all have busy lives, but 
I think to, to try to um, embrace our talents and our special interests and look at our, our lives and our time schedules and to know what we can reasonably do and where we can make, you know, our best, our best contribution. But that's not to say that we shouldn't push the envelope because I think I remember seeing postings with regard to people saying, if you'd asked me a year ago that I was doing this, I would have told you no way. So I think Monica has a way of kind of pushing the envelope with us, but also bringing the best out of us. And, you know, we're doing what we like to do, what what we're talented in, but then can you try this one other thing? So all of a sudden it kind of blossoms and and we're doing things that we never thought we could do, such as the road tour well, last year. <laughs> Right. Well, it's you know, we're it's always an encouragement to step out of your comfort zone, face your fears, whether you think you can do something or not do something. Um mm-hmm. try it anyway. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? So, you know, even even though you may not have experience in certain aspects of what's expected of a of a um, outreach coordinator, we're encouraged to step out of the box a little bit and see where it leads. Right, right. And and I think there's quite a diversity in terms of everything you can think of, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, area of the country, uh, age, e- experience, um, types, of, types of backgrounds. Um, you know, I, I think a, a number of people are married with, with children, maybe, those of us that are, are single are, are in the minority, but that's not to say we're, we're any less busy. But it's just I, I like the fact that um, I, I'm curious as to how how um, the coordinators actually are recruited. Um, I mean, just kind of meet someone and then all of a sudden, you know, a light bulb may go off and Monica say, well, gee, I, I could use that person for, for this, that, or the other. Um, I'm not really sure how she goes about uh, about it, but I think in the course of well, the day... Well, I think it's kind of put out there. They actually take applications, and you have to right. fill out the application, and then they have to be voted on by the board of directors. And okay, then, right. Yeah, we go from there. And, and then it goes from there, right. But like I say, with, with all the people that she tends to know and meet, um, through other people, I think there's just a, a lot to choose from, and um, I, I tend to think that maybe she's the type that will see someone, maybe sit back and kind of watch and see see what they're like, and then maybe suggest that 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 they apply um, because she's very savvy at so many things and talented that um, a lot of things that she does that we have no idea that are done behind the scenes. And just to put this conference together is just enormous. And I can't stress enough how, um, you know, locally and across the country, um, it's able, all of these, it's, it's like a big puzzle and the puzzle pieces are, you know, invariably put together, and it somehow it, it it all it all comes together. Not to say that everything runs smoothly because every conference has its, uh, you know, has its ups and downs. But um, you know, she she pulls it off very well with, you know, a lot of help from her friends. But um, you know, I, I kind of view her as like the orchestra leader with the baton. <laughs> 
you know. Well, and, she, I, um, she obviously has a gift for organization. I, I've never right. seen anything like it. And, and, you know, we've talked in past shows about how she pulls things together for, uh, you know, for searches of all sizes, whether it's, you know, 20 people on a community search or whether it's, you know, three to 500 people. Um, to bring all of that together takes a certain kind of magic and not too many people have that. So, you know, right. I, I always am amazed at how it just all comes together and everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and, um, you know, interacting and, and getting the job done. It's amazing. She's an amazing organizer. Yeah. Yeah, for for sure. And to kind of surround yourself with those other people that are equally talented, um, you know, it it just it just helps helps you to have an ever more successful um, um, experience. And uh, you know, I, each year each year I learn so much. Um, I I particularly enjoy too. Um, um, and uh, and we can certainly get into the presenters in a few minutes. We're um, we're waiting on a couple of people who were presenters that are going to be calling in. Um, but just to kind of still talk in generalities here, um, Sunday morning, um, Monica started out with uh, something called fact or fiction, and she spoke of the many um, maybe myths about working with families and presented us with do you think this is true or not. And uh, then the part that really struck me was, you know, giving – giving the families that were there um, something to hold on to in terms of, okay, what do we do? I think she used the metaphor after something like after our circus tent has folded. In other words, your your loved one has gone missing and there's that very acute phase when all this action is happening and everything's being pulled together and you're the, the center of attention, everything's happening. But now, after that, and things kind of die down, or like what I like to say, two weeks after the casserole stop coming, how do you continue? Mm-hmm. How do you continue the momentum, and what do you do? And I think there was a charge there for all of us. And again, as a homicide survivor, although my dad wasn't missing for long, he was missing for overnight. But it's it, it, it was impressed upon me that. Yes, we are the victims, but yet we have to take the onus and the initiative to kind of keep it going because it's it's not necessarily the job or they won't have the time to um you know to always be calling you back so you you have to do things you have to um rally your community and and uh see and network and see where other people uh can help you out to keep this in the media. Or, or to do um, event planning in your community, et cetera. So it is incumbent upon you, and by by doing those kinds of things, it kind of helps keep keep you going, and it also helps from um, letting your case go cold. Isn't that true? Oh, absolutely. I think um, you know it was very well explained this year too. You know, not only us as advocates, but as family members as well, that um, it it is an important part of the journey for each case to um, 
take the responsibility, whether it's a family member or whether it's an advocate, to keep the word going, to keep that face out there in the public, to keep media attention, um, to plan fundraising, to plan vigils. Um, So there's, you know, it's a full-time job that these families never were trained to do. They were never asked to do they would they it's a lifestyle they don't even want to be in but they're mm-hmm. there so you know we have to step up and figure out how how can we make that life a little bit better a little bit easier what can we do um to help their case along uh so that they don't have to do it all by themselves yeah and um it, you know, I I think it was Hillary Clinton that coined that phrase, it takes a village. And I think, you know, um, the Q Center is a village. And uh, it, you know, the seeing perseverance through the unknown. And, and it, it sure shown through this year that it takes a lot of uh, perseverance. And it, it's almost like, you know, um, a multi-state family reunion if you've been for, for more than, than than one year because going back and seeing familiar faces and people you communicate with online, there's nothing like that in-person, you know, connection and that, 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 that hug, that reassurance. People, you know, people, people need that personal contact and it is so very important. You know, um, I think one thing that a lot of, again, Harkening back to presenters who haven't been there, I know uh, Tad Tad um, uh, uh, Debias or Debiasi, I forget which way you pronounce it. Excuse me, Tad. Um, he and even our law enforcement people from Connecticut. You start out the conference with, or, or the on Friday evening, there's this three-hour time block of levity, you know, with um, a DJ and and singing and dancing and having beverages. And we had that goofy uh, photo booth that was kind of so much fun. And when you walk into the room and you see this, um, it's like, um, what is this about? Because I think people people don't understand um, the purpose of that, you know, and that that, that um, victims of, of, the, of crime and those that go missing or homicide, they need again, need a safe place where they can kind of let loose and even for a couple of hours just kind of forget about the tragedy of it and kind of have fun. And um, I don't think that it enters the minds of law enforcement or prosecutors or other people necessarily that even in the midst of of the personal horror, you know, to take a break and to be able to do that and to give families permission, Delilah, that's powerful, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's just such a, it's such a wonderful time that the families have together because you're right. It's a safe place. They have people that are going through the same thing. People who understand, people who feel exactly the same way they do when they, when they're feeling most of the time that they're all alone in, in this whole journey. Um, and I remember the first year, it was just amazing. And it, it was, just wonderful to watch and that's why you know we've included that in the plans every year because they do need that they need that time just to unwind and let their hair down and and be crazy and and have a good time they have to know that there's a 
place somewhere in this earth that they can still find a little bit of happiness and a little bit of joy. And if we can give them two or three hours of that, that's just, you know, it's a gift. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's not supposed to be like a, a, attending a funeral, although they may feel like that. You know, initially, because they're so overwhelmed with their their own their their own personal tragedy. You know, I, I've spent years of my life, both as a person with a disability from the LGBT community, from a person as a medical speech pathologist who's worked with people who've had strokes and dementia and loss. I've, I've spent my life in the realm of support groups, and all of these groups. Um, feel a sense of, you know, no one else is out there knows what I'm going through, or whether it be, you know, cancer survivors or, or what have you. The, everyone needs to have that, that, that safe place, that room where this won't go beyond these walls. You're, I'm here like you, and I understand you. And and again, so uh, the more I, I'm just, you know, my personality is that that kind of thing. It, it very uh, it appeals to me because I it resonates with me and um, I'm just that type of person um, and there is you know in in that group psyche kind of thing um, there there is um, you you can move beyond where you may be stuck now chances are um, if you rely too heavily on that, you know, group support then, um, and you're not able to at some point um, go on to the next step and kind of move on to the next level, then then there's the point where it's not therapeutic anymore. And um, although this isn't a, 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 a therapist couch or something, I think it's far better, the kind of a, a format that the Q offers, because there's, there's so many different places where, you know, whether it's, it's listening to the victims' voice presentations, or the, the the presenters that have a little more of an academic educational bent, or just talking to people informally one on one, there is something for everyone, no matter who walks in the door for for this for this conference. You know. Oh, I totally agree. It's um, you, like you said earlier, it's like a family reunion. Many many people come back again and again, years and. You know, I I wouldn't go through a show like this without talking about one of those people we lost this year, Robert. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe his last name just escaped me. Cook, Robert Cook. Cook. His, Cook. his uh-huh. daughter, Rachel Cook, is missing from Texas and has been for quite a many years. I, I don't know the exact year right now, but he. He was at every single con- uh, conference from the first one to last year, and unfortunately, we lost him this year. And it was a, it, it was definitely felt, and there was a definite big hole where he used to be, and his his presence was very very much missed. Yes, that that for sure, and I, I'm sure that um, the other the other thing that that means so much to to all of us, but in particular to you, being 
Susan's and Susan's best friend and having the the passage award too and I don't know too much I mean I learned some sort of through osmosis but I don't know too much about um, this year's uh, recipient do you can you tell us a little bit more about her do you know her personally I mean I know she's very much into search and rescue and has been uh, very made a very big contribution to the queue but I don't really know her um, personally too much. Marsha Morton is just a wonderful woman. She's, you know, she's one of these people that's kind of very quiet and unassuming, mm-hmm. but who does absolutely wonderful things in in this world. And this world just couldn't do without people like Marsha. Um, she. But give us some examples when, of what she's done. Well, that that she's you know recovered from. Uh, she is a cancer survivor. I do know that. I, mm-hmm. Hello? Delilah, are you there? Hello? Hello? I'm trying to get through to you, Delilah. Are you there? I'm calling from my other phone. Bye. Hello? 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 